Hello everyone and welcome back to Commander Kitchen. Here at the kitchen, we discuss flavorful deck builds from the Archive Arcanum, decks built with a topic in mind. This week, we're looking at the recipe for a deck dedicated to the golden age of piracy, myth versus fact. To hear more on the topic, make sure you tune into the documentary podcast for the deck, whereas here, we'll dive into how the deck works. As usual, we'll be looking at the flavor and the five ingredients of the deck. Our goals, how to achieve our goals in a timely fashion, protecting our goal pieces while removing our opponents, ensuring we can find the ingredients we need to win, and, of course, our mana base. The actual deck list can be found in the show notes below, whereas the episode will focus on the key cards so that you can find cards to make the recipe your own. The flavor. The commander for this deck is Marchesa the Black Rose. Marchesa is a 3-3 legendary human wizard for one any color, one blue, one black, and one red with the following text. First, dethrone. When this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Next, other creatures you control have dethrone. And lastly, whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it dies, return that creature to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Now, one might think that for a pirate deck, you would want a pirate as your commander, which could be true. But for this deck, I felt that Marchesa's ability to create nearly endless waves of assault really rang true with the feel of pirates in the golden age of piracy. Not to mention the fact that the dethrone mechanic is very on flavor for what pirates want to do. Steal from the richest. And, well, being that this is Commander Kitchen, you definitely have a penchant for flavor. Speaking of flavor, each legendary creature in the deck represents a different historic pirate. In the interest of brevity, I won't go through each one now, but I have included the information in the deck list notes. Now, there are three main goals in this deck. First, we want to make sure we're getting those 1-1 counters on our creatures so that when they die, they come right back. An easy way to do that is to attack with them, so giving them haste is a huge asset. Second, we want to allow our pirate crew to strike true as combat damage is our primary win condition. That's where our evasion package comes in. And third, treasure. I mean, we gotta, right? Treasure provides us ramp, yes, but it also provides us with a possible pirate win. Revel in riches. All your treasure are belong to us. And I'm really mixing my references here. Uh, without further ado, let's get to the griddle. Alright everyone, look alive, starting with the goals of the deck, please. Getting our pirates into the fray quickly allows us to get those pesky 1-1 counters on them making actual removal a pain in our opponent's booty. Cards that add counters like Kalein, Reclusive Painter, or Metallic Mimic are major assets in this department, whereas Unspeakable Symbol is a must-include. I like to think of it as the actual flags the pirates would fly under, invoking fear on the merchant ships being hunted. Giving our pirates haste will also aid in getting those 1-1 counters on them. Tuck Tuck Rubblefort and Swiftfoot Boots are easy includes, but Fervor and Crashing Drawbridge also pull their weight. Now, even though attacking makes our creatures more resilient, our ever-growing scallywags do benefit from a touch of evasion. From creatures that provide evasion, like Herald of Secret Streams or Keeper of Keys, to ones with built-in evasion like Stormfleet Sprinter or Dargo the Shipwrecker, the ability to attack our opponents with relative impunity is an important boon in this deck. Most of the time, our wins will come from pinging away at our opponents with our increasing density of creatures. Getting the damage through is always going to be key. Now, any pirate deck would be remiss not to include a pirate's best friend. Well, diamonds, sure, but more broadly, treasure. Treasure has its built-in use of ramp, but there are other uses for it in the deck as well. The big one is, of course, our alternate win con, Revel in Riches. 
but using it to draw us cards with Treasure Cove or getting some evasive inkling tokens from Fane the Broker can help us in our aggressive attack strategy. There's also the always notorious Dockside Extortionist in the deck, which does tend to go infinite with a bowl of rice. In this deck, said bowl of rice comes in the form of the interaction spell Capsize, an easy way to get infinite treasure. Or an all-you-can-eat rice buffet, if you want to lean into that metaphor. You probably don't. Okay. All right, good pace, everyone. Moving on to ramp now. The actual ramp section of this deck is rather small, with just a few mana rocks like Soul Ring or Arcane Signet. Our moderate focus on treasure creation allows us some wiggle room on how much dedicated ramp we have beyond the treasure. Flavor-wise, we've also included Charcoal, Fire, and Sky Diamond. I guess they are a pirate's best friend after all. Great work. Looking now for interaction. Now what would a pirate's life be without a little bit of plundering? Mostly sailing and scurvy, likely. Answered rhetorical questions aside, our interaction section does have a nice amount of thievery in it. Removal pieces like Feed the Swarm and Reckless Endeavor are definitely included, but we also see a good handful of cards like Breaches, Brazen Plunderer, Coercive Recruiter, and Zara Renegade Recruiter to bring out the true flavor of a pirate deck. You might notice that there's a certain lack of sacrifice outlets in this deck. Not none, but not the amount you might usually see in a Marchesa deck. If you aren't familiar with the combos, essentially, if you have Marchesa out, gain control of a creature with an effect like Coercive Recruiters, then manage to get 1-1 counters on it and sacrifice it, well, that card is now yours essentially until it's removed. This is all well and good, but I find for me personally, it's not an overly fun experience to take away someone's commander or key creature for a good chunk of the game. Now, this is definitely not a poo-poo on anyone's woohoo, but a personal choice. If that's more your kind of game fun, that would definitely be a good way to increase the deck's competitiveness. You may also notice that I have included a Hull Breacher in this deck. There are absolutely no wheel effects in this deck, set effects being a primary reason that the card is banned in Commander. If you are playing this deck as is, always good to have a conversation with your playgroup to see if they're okay with it. In our deck, it's definitely not a linchpin ingredient, so replacing it is no biggie. Alright, let's not fall behind. Next up we have Draw and Selection, please. There are a couple of Monarch cards in our deck which do add for a touch of card draw, but on the flip side, can help to open up the board, making more room for our attacking creatures. Emberwild Captain gives us that Monarch ability with the added bonus of some aggressive defense. Does that make... yeah, yeah that makes sense. A couple more ways to trade your treasure in, Ruthless Knave and Skullport Merchant, both help us find the pieces we need for our deck to keep sailing. I have also included a few ways in the deck to whittle down your life total, just to make sure we can get our dethrone triggers as long as we need to. Draw cards like Greed and Moonlight Bargain play well into that tactic. Good work, everyone. Last one almost through. Land, please. As with any three-color deck, having good color balance is key. Command Tower and Crumbling Necropolis are easy includes, but beyond that, maintaining a good number of dual-color lands mixed in with some basics should generally do the trick, depending on how competitive you want to be. We also have some lands that help us to achieve our goals. Tyrite Sanctum and Opal Palace help get 1-1 counters on our creatures, Path of Ancestry and Halimar Depths help us to find key pieces to our win conditions, while Rogue's Passage and High Market add bonuses to Evasion and Interaction respectively. Now, the dish. So it's Pirates and Treasure. Though the two have tumultuous history together in real life, this deck puts them together in a much more lighthearted scenario. Granted that in Commander, sometimes you need to make friends and politic your way to the win, but with this deck, it's all about smacking face and taking money. 
Sure, things might get a bit spicy if you manage to steal someone's commander, but in the end, good food is worth its weight in gold. More metaphor mixing there. Anyways, thanks everyone for tuning into Commander Kitchen, and remember, if variety is the spice of life, then try not to stay too salty. I'll see you at the table. Thank you.